Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, first of all, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I could could and would not do it without you listeners, so thank you again. But if you have not yet, um, my big promotion platform is my YouTube channel. I do a lot of vlogs. I do a lot of stuff. Um, that's really my only source of media. So if you haven't yet, go over to Christian Robertson on YouTube or check out the link in the description. Go subscribe, comment, show some love. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Thank you. Guys, we live in 2022. A side hustle could never be any easier than it is right now. I'm here to tell you about Lyft. That's right, L-Y-F-T. Not the kind of lifting I do in the gym, but the kind of lifting I do in between training hours. What I do is I drive for Lyft, guys, and you can too. Here's how. You're going to use the promo code CHRISTIAN80836. What that's going to do is your first month driving for Lyft, you're going to use that code CHRISTIAN80836. And what's going to happen is in your first month, you're guaranteed to make $3,500 with Lyft. All right, how that's going to work, you get a certain amount of rides. Once you hit it, you make $3,500, but it's more than that. I just had a friend, Tim, do this. What happened was he made... $3,000 and thought, okay, they're going to reimburse me $500. No, that is not including tips. That is not including bonuses. That is not including anything else except base fare. So his base fare was $2,500. They give him a check for $1,000. They sent it right to his account. So $1,000 more than he thought he was going to make, he made in just three weeks time. So almost $4,000 in three weeks So guys, that code is Christian80836, 3,500, guaranteed more like 4,000 in your first month. Certain restrictions apply. Sign up today. Guys, I am not a savvy media person. I'm not great at writing papers. I don't know anything about NFTs. I have no idea how to graphic design or make a logo, but what I do know how to do is use Fiverr. Fiverr is probably one of the best programs I've ever seen in my life. I got my logo made from them. I've had college papers written by them. I have had people translate messages that my fiance has sent me from them. Guys, anything you can think of that you can't do digitally, they can do. I had somebody um, do a podcast intro for me. I've had videos edited through them. Literally anything you can do through Fiverr and Best of all, you can get 10% off. For my listeners only, you follow the link in the description below. Go to Fiverr, get 10% off, and you guys, the world is your oyster with Fiverr. You can do anything. You can have anything done. If you got a video you need edited, go check them out today. That's Fiverr. Use the link in the description below. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Real quick, I swear there's no more ads, nothing. The podcast is about to start, but just a little bit of a disclaimer. The audio is not super great in this episode. It's really good for Maki, who speaks probably 70 to 80% of the time, but my end is not great, and I'm an idiot. I'm a doofus. 
What I did was, so the way my microphone works is I have multiple settings and it has settings where it can face just one person. It can face, it can take sound from all over the room. It could take sound from multiple different angles or the way I normally do it with these types of in-person podcasts is it takes sound from north and south. Well, I had it set to just north and so the sound is only coming in from Maki's side. Thank God almighty, thank you Lord that I turned the microphone towards Maki before we even started it because it sounds like I'm 10 feet away and if it would have sounded like he was 10 feet away, I don't think the podcast would be very great. But um, all that being said, this is an amazing episode. I had an amazing time sitting down with Maki for about an hour. Um, you guys are going to want to stay to the end of the podcast. Uh, we get into some some deep stuff towards the end. And it gets a little bit emotional, but I think you guys uh, will find some serious value in it. So if you can, please stay to the end, leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment. And if you haven't yet, go check out my YouTube channel and some of those ads that you heard about. Thank you guys. God bless you. Enjoy the episode. Oh, not the pack, man. Yeah, he got it a few months back, uh, like a couple months ago, but... Yeah, he's, uh, so my roommate's a chaplain for the army out here, the mm. National Guard, and so um, it's his house, he's my Bible study leader, and nice. I was oh. him like 1500 a month, and he... And it was just you living, living with, or you, you had a... Um, so I had an apartment, and I was just like, hey, I'm kind of looking to move out of the apartment, looking to um, like find a new place to live, do you have a roommate or need a roommate? Yeah. And he's like, dude, move on in. So I moved in like a couple weeks later. That's cool, bro. How's the coffee? It's legit. I like it. Yeah, but he, uh, no, so he like. And the mug. Let's go City Light. Have you ever been to City Light? No, I haven't. But I know the church. So. Yeah, it's a pretty cool spot. So I like it. So funny story. When I started going, so we went to back to my hometown in Missouri mm-hmm. over the 4th of July. And then, um, I mean, can you scoot a little bit yeah, closer yeah. just for the microphone? And so we went back to my home church in Missouri, and you know I was telling my girlfriend about it, or my fiance about it, and everything. And then we go Sunday comes around, and we go to church, and the city light pastor, Pastor Javen, is speaking as a guest speaker at our church. Nice. And, like, and they were like, Lordy. "Oh, we got." And I never even heard of him. I didn't know. And so I. I like looked up the church and I was like, Michelle, it's literally like a two minute walk from where you live. And she's like, Oh, cause it's city light. And she's like, I thought that was like the lighting company. Like, the, oh my God. like just like the city light, like lighting. That's you know? hilarious. And, bro. and so I started going there and, um, the assistant pastor was speaking the first day I went and he's like a YouTuber I follow. Mm. And, uh, actually that camera that I got, I got because I watched one of his YouTube videos of him. Like, discussing like what cameras to buy okay, okay. for YouTube. And I was like, well, I'm going to get that one. Dang, so that's that's actually really Let's funny. Go. But what about you? How's your day been? My day's been going great. Uh, I dropped my, my wife off at work. She's uh She just started this new this new job at a call center over there on... Uh, Put this a little bit closer. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm not too sure where it's at, but <laughs> I'm still getting used to all of this, this locations and whatnot. Right. But the I think the cross streets are like Maryland, and it's over there. It, the, the mall is called Boulevard Mall, though. That's why I know. Okay. It's, it's down there by the strip. Gotcha. But it's a, she's, she's doing this uh, new job. It's a call center for like a health a health company. Okay. They're just going around calling people and kind of doing surveys and whatnot. So gotcha. she just started that. 
So we're getting into a good rhythm on uh, dropping her off and then having the kids and whatnot because my right. kids are homeschooled, yeah? Okay. So today, dropped her off, got to get, um, went grocery shopping, grabbed, my, grabbed some food for the house, took my dog and my kids to the park, played around, and then... Br- we just we just got done eating some hot dogs and we came over. Nice <laughs> little barbecue. Yeah, air fryer barbecue. You have a ninja? Uh, we have. I think it's a ninja. I think so. Yeah, it's an air fryer though. It's a legit a little, one. Yeah, it's, it's the one where you have the post, you pull it out. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you put it back in. It's, yeah, got, all, it's got all the the settings and whatnot. You know, I've got a ninja. It's uh, it's like that, but it's it's a grill too. Oh, sick! So. It has the um grill setting inside where you can take it out. Yeah, so you just pull it out, and then you can put the fryer. The fryer one, yeah. and okay, just yeah. on the buttons. But there's yeah. a bunch, dude. Ninja's like the best company for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I got a, I got a Ninja Blender. Yeah, but I, I got now you're, you're making me think. I gotta go back and look. I, we got a Ninja Blender uh, as a wedding gift. Nice. So, so I have it in my storage because we haven't got married yet. Yeah, and yeah. I, when are you guys gonna get married? Um, well, we we're gonna get married in October, and our date, like our save the date and everything, was October eighth. But we're long distance. Okay. And we. Um, so it was, I proposed in May, so it was like a four-month turnaround. On, and we just decided to do a little bit more counseling. Okay. Read a few more books. Um, awesome. We see a counselor like once every two weeks, um, just like premarital counseling. Okay. And that was something that we just wanted to do and kind of finish out the year doing that, and then we'll probably so, do something. You guys small. agreed to do that then? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So we were doing counseling before. Uh, we've been doing, we've been both been huge proponents of counseling the whole way. Okay. Um, and everybody like that has marriages that we really admire, like has told us, Hey, do premarital counseling. Like it's like, why would you, why would you get a house without an inspection? Basically. Hey, I like that. I like that. um, How long you guys been together? We have been together. So we met about two years ago Okay. and we basically started dating like right when we met. Like I asked her at dinner the day we met and we hung out. Hit it off. Yeah. We just hit it off. We hung out every day. And, um, I think I asked to be my girlfriend, like not even two weeks later. So, uh, but we broke, so we dated for about 10 months. We broke up for a little bit, like four or five months. Like okay. we broke up last October and then we got back together officially in March. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Break but, up just was just to get some time. Um, it's just like some personal stuff. Mm. So yeah. But, um. I'll probably talk about it in my book one day. Or something. Yeah, there we go, boy. Nothing. You gonna write crazy. a book? Let's no, go. No, no, <laughs> nothing crazy. It was just um, I haven't talked to her about like kind of giving the testimony yet. Yeah. So I don't want to share it on like a, testimony a national platform without asking her, like discussing like what, yeah, what is yeah. okay to share, what we want to share. But nothing like crazy. We just both felt like, hey, maybe we need some time. We're both kind of immature. We're having some tension. Yeah, yeah. Relationally, and uh, it's not like anybody cheated or anything like that. How old are you? Twenty-five. I used to young boy. How long were you and your um Dude, my together? my wife's my high school sweetheart. Really? Yeah. And you're thirty three? I'm thirty two. I 32? just turned thirty two on Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, Happy birthday. But uh thank you, bro. Yeah, we've been together for thirteen years, going on fourteen, February twenty third. And she's my high school sweetheart, so I, I love her for everything she is and everything she does. We've got two kids now, we've been jeez. We've been up and down, up and down, but we've uh moving here to Vegas we've We've really leaned on leaned on God, yeah, and that's where we found our next uh, our next chapter and our next season in life right. is with Him, and possibly the the best season of our lives since since moving here and finding Him. We found comfort. We found because uh, we're away from our family, right? right. So we've we found comfort. We found a community yeah. that's loving and that that loves us for who we are. And listen, we're we're never going to be perfect, and we understand that. So we yeah. we just take it in. We take it every day as it comes. 
Were you guys Christians when you met? Like, were you yeah, Christians? I'm a believer since I was born. My okay. my grandparents are big believers. They they run their own fellowship. Okay. Um. So I've I've been born into. I've been born a Christian. Uh, You're a PK, bro. Pastor's oh, kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. My my grandma, <laughs> my grandma is uh, her and my pop are pastors. So they uh, I would consider them pastors because they they've been in they've been in it since I've been born. Yeah. And I'm 32 now. 32 years in the in the way. Gotcha. Um, the way is their ministry. Okay. So, That's cool, man. But yeah, man, it's uh, I've been a believer, but growing up and being from Hawaii and and in the in the MMA community, and yeah. I. Like where I where I raised up is not the best. Is it kind of lukewarm, as far as like how like it's part of the culture, but it's not necessarily like people are, you know, like diving in, following. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and I'm from the Leeward Coast, which is the West Side. Um, I'm from a real stereotyped town called Y and I. Okay. Um, if you go to Hawaii and you ask, um, like yourself, you go to Hawaii and you say, oh, I'm going to go check out Hawaii. And I, Christian, I don't think that's the place you want to go for your first time here in Hawaii. <laughs> but it's the one of the most beautiful spots. And if you if you go there and you, you show respect, you, you'll get respect tenfold. And it's like we're, we're the type of people where if you show respect and respect meaning we call aloha. Bro, you you you'd be surprised how like you'd be treated like you come sit at our dinner table type of thing, yeah. you know. Real, real. Uh, it reminds me of that real southern hospitality. Yeah. But in a Hawaiian version, bro. Yeah. And, and and where so where I'm from, that's um, people are a lot into the aloha. They're a lot into uh, um that their ancestry and whatnot. If you yeah. are a local, but Christianity is something that that that's only now I feeling catching traction in Hawaii. Gotcha. It kind of competes with the like the tribal religions. Yes, and yes, like yeah. Kind of like Indian culture or like Native American culture. Yeah, it's and big. and like I think of, I think of Hawaii as such a cooking pot for racial. Um, you got you got Filipinos, you got Asians, right. you got Polynesians, you got um, the Caucasians, you got the African Americans. Yeah. So you got everybody with their own religion coming to Hawaii in this small little cooking pot in the middle of the ocean. And you're gonna have people pulling you left and right. No right. here, no there, no here. So it's a it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of that going on in Hawaii. Yeah, I I know I have a few friends that are um, Native American or Indian, and uh, that's like big, you know, because their great great grandparents were mm -hmm. part of that. But they're you know they consider themselves themselves Christians, but kind of like Catholics, you know, it's like you know Catholics pray to saints and all yes, this stuff. Yes, yes, yes. And I think part of that like kind of pulls into the culture of their Christianity. Oh, it, def it definitely does. Is it huh? so like familiar? Is it kind of the same thing? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, it is the same thing. Uh, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it is. It is really the same thing. Oh, did you hear that? I did, bro. Oh, oh, that stuff gives me chills when I hear people. Do that. Really? Can you pop your neck? I can't. I can't. Like, I'll get a lucky like just one, but I gotta go see a chiropractor to get that type of noise. Really? Yeah. How often do you see a chiropractor? Uh, let's see. When I last injured my my back, uh, from I want to say from from October, I've been going steady to the one over on Blue Diamond. Okay. Um, right in that EOS parking lot. Yeah. The um new spine. Doctor okay. Doctor Mike is the name. Dude oh, just is, right down the street. Yeah, dude. Okay. Dude is like six four. He gets it done. Huh? He gets it done, bro. And then like even you see how big my legs are when he's yeah. when he's doing my back. He, he gets like a real good pop. I feel like because he has all that leverage and he's he's high up there, he's able to like really break me down and get me. Yeah. Um. 
but when I do go see chiropractors, a lot of them have do have a hard time because I my legs are big and they don't know yeah. how to move me and whatnot. But that dude, he gets in there. Let me see the neck. Like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Gotcha, dude. I'm not gonna lie. This coffee tastes a little bit watered down. My bad. No Ruined it. If you had a second one, I'm always down. No worries. <laughs> you <laughs> no, coffee guy? No worries. I lo- yeah, I love coffee. Yeah. I love coffee. Is it big on the islands? It is big on the islands. <clears throat> Kona Coffee. I don't know if you heard of Kona yeah. Coffee. They're a big one. They're really big on the islands. And there's a uh, Lion Coffee. I went to Kona when I was, because I went to um, Oahu in March. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so next time you go, you got to check out Lion's Coffee. They got right there in Kali. They got a factory where they brew the where they brew everything. They they have the whole set where you can eat. Actually, do like a little tour over there as well. Gotcha. Yeah, not so, promoting, but um, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Are we on? They're not a spot. Yeah, yeah, we're oh, going. Okay. We're just going for the last oh, twelve sick, minutes. Sick, sick. So your your kids go to private school? No, my kids are homeschool. Or homeschool. Since um, so my daughter is about to turn eleven on the on the sixteenth. My son just turned five in October. Okay. And since COVID. And then moving up here, I just did not feel comfortable sending my kids to school. And to be honest, maybe in a couple of years, uh, I wouldn't mind them both going to high school for sports and because stuff. they'll be more mature. Yeah, they'll. I heard it from from a guy named Free back home. He 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 told me um, he taught his kids that when they go to school, it's to learn and not to to develop any other relationships with any other people. You're you're you're. I'm sending to school really to learn and that's it you know so how, I, how do you feel about that I f- that's genius to me like dude i went to school and I, of course you're gonna you're gonna develop other relationships with friends and whatnot boyfriends right. and girlfriends and i understand that right. but the root of it all i want my my children to understand that when they are going to go to school it's really going to be to learn you can come home and yeah. have all your fun and do your homework and do whatnot yeah. at home but when you when you go to school i really want you to learn in education, right. taking education here, take education seriously, because yeah. your boy didn't, yeah. <laughs> and I grew up, and I, I had to grow up beating faces for a living. Right? Did you go to school? Like I did go to school. I, I graduated from uh, my school back home. My alma mater is Nanakuli High School. Okay. Um, our our mascot is the Golden Hawks. Did you go to uh, college at all? I could have if I continued playing football. Oh, you I, I, football. Uh, I did. I was big into football. Could have did tremendous things playing football. Um, my dad's full Samoan, and growing up, it was either some type of sport he had us in. Me and my brother, he always had us in right. in uh, sports, and football was a, my favorite thing because it was one contact, yeah. and then two the I love the camaraderie around the football, um, the team. You know, right. we got our coach, but then we got captains, and if you earn your way to be a captain, you can. That's your way of being a leader in the on the squad. Right. So growing up, I loved that. Going all the way to high school, and then it was it was just once I found fighting was where. Feel like it was a it was a culmination of where we were living, yeah. how we were living, and then what I was seeing in my surround in my environment, you know. So uh, all of that pushed me toward not really chasing football anymore, and I had that bug just in my heart, calling me to fight, calling yeah. me to fight. Oh, I want to see what this is about. I want to see what this is about. Till finally, I found the fighting. Yeah. Did you you start fighting right after high school? No, during high school. No, my, uh I found I found I started training the end of my 10th grade year. What'd you start doing? Kickboxing is my okay. my first background. But my dad, I should say honestly, my dad taught us boxing for self defense, and that was our that that was that's my root art is boxing, and then kickboxing. Gotcha. And then when did you start doing grappling? 
when I started taking fighting seriously. Oh, gotcha. I learned all my grappling and all my in, wrestling. In the UFC, basically. <laughs> no, no, before that, dude, okay. my, my road was long. I, yeah. my, my, I think my record now is 15 and 10. Okay. But I, I have a... Uh, yeah, my my talk about tread the long road, bro. Tread the hard road. I, I I've been through the ups and downs in yeah. my career, but definitely uh, learned it through the beginning. Uh, right at the end of my my amateur career, going into my pro career is when I started taking it seriously and putting myself in a jujitsu school. At the time, it was Gracie Technics Honolulu under Ryland Lazares, and that's where he started to open my mind about what what's the possibilities on the ground and how to really turn it to turn it to my side right because at the time i was a stand-up guy yeah. and whenever i hit the ground i would be so eager to just try my best to stand back up even if i was in a dominant position i just stand yeah. back up in a, in a dude's guard or in full, full mount just stand back up right no no let him back up let him back up we, we're gonna stand and bang um until he started showing me the opportunities that we could take on the ground and yeah. you yourself a wrestler you probably know like once right. you get into a dominant position i'm let i'm i'm gonna cook this guy until he's dead and then i'll let him up you know right so it's once I found that aspect of the grappling, I started loving it and wanting to learn more gotcha. to, to where I'm at now. Did it um, did it manifest in fights? Like, what was the... Because most guys that are strikers are like, dude, I just don't want to get taken down. I just yeah. want to knock guys out. Yeah, yeah. But, like, when I when I go with you, I mean, when we haven't sparred or anything like that, but, like, when we grapple, like, the one thing I notice, like, the biggest takeaway is that your, like, top game is... Yeah. Like, you just got heavy hips, like, heavy pressure... Um, and that's like where I'm the worst at because it's different in like collegiate wrestling. Okay, okay. But, um, you know, because guys don't turn and face you, they try to, you know, turn and get away get, from you. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit different, like, you know, holding them down and stuff. But where did that, like, where did you realize, hey, I need to get better at this? Because, like, my big, like I said, my big takeaway is that you're really, really good at that. So it yeah. had to be like something that was just clicked in your head, like, through I gotta the, get good. I would say through just through the, the repeated reps until okay. I finally felt it work in a fight. Okay. Um, I couldn't put my thumb on what fight or where, but I feel like it was with the group of guys I was with and how how I felt like, like I said, just putting myself putting myself on the jujitsu mat, putting myself right. in a wrestling room, going with dogs, you know, yeah. just just making sure I was grinding it out. And don't get me wrong, I was getting owned when yeah. I first started it, but through the reps and through through the hard earned practices, that's where I really felt it to start to pay off. Gotcha. And uh, just one one thing led to another. Yeah. Until I, until I felt comfortable with it. Gotcha. So you didn't get like your ass kicked in a fight by some wrestler or something. Uh, I got subbed a couple of times, and oh, that's where you? yeah. So yeah, I, like... bro, I think I my amateur career I went like eight and zero until I I suffered my first loss, and it was to uh, this Mexican dude that was, I didn't know was a black belt. And at the time I was I was like eighteen. I didn't even know what a black belt black belt was. Right. I just like oh he's got a black belt. That's cool. What is that? <laughs> until I went in there, dude took me down. I I turned to my belly and I tried to get up. And like an amateur, I got up like this, and he just snapped my neck. Oh no! <laughs> Took me to my side, and I was like, at first I was trying to like really just get him off, get him off. Yeah. I, I fought it like for like ten seconds, and then <laughs> I tapped out. You're done. I was done, and that was like, I got tapped out with that rear naked joke, and that's where I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go into a into a jujitsu school. I gotta learn something where I can at least get out of the submissions, learn right. to get out of the submissions first, and then maybe down the road learn to attack. And that's what that was my first um, thinking process behind it. Learn to get out of all the bad situations and get back to my feet. And then the next page would be to get out of the submissions and turn the tables on them. You know, gotcha. so just progression. Progression, yeah. How'd you get the UFC? 
I earned my way there. Yeah. I earned my way there. Uh, just fought my ass off. Yeah. Fought my ass off. Uh, I feel like what really turned the tables when I Bellator first came to Hawaii. I got on that card and I. Uh, I re- fought in Bellator first. I fought in Bellator first. Was that like a they one gave fight me my deal? first opportunity. Yeah, one fight deal because they were in um, Hawaii. So they just kind of let some local guys in. Yeah, they let a ton of the local guys in. That's um, cool. And I honestly, I thought I was going to get a, a contract with them. And then my manager called me up and he was like, "Oh, we got we got contenders coming up in this this date. You want to fight?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, bet. I, I want to fight that. That's yeah. going to be my door to the UFC." So I just trained my ass off for that, but. Uh, I feel like the door opened really when I won that that Bellator fight in Hawaii. Gotcha. Yeah, that was a war, but I ended up. Uh, that was my first professional loss. I ended up avenging it in Hawaii in front of everybody. Oh really? Yeah, so he submitted fought? me with an armbar. Was uh, he a Hawaiian guy too? Yeah, he's from Big Island. His name's oh. Chris Cisneros. Was he already in Bellator? He fought a couple of times in Bellator prior to that fight. Okay. Yeah, but so we. So he uh, was signed with Bellator at the time. And yeah. They no, no, no. We both we both got just put on the card. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so one of those put, things. She, they're oh, wow. they're pulling guys from all all the islands, because it was gonna be held in Oahu. So they they're pulling guys from Big Island, from Maui, really? from uh, Kauai, from my island. They were just pulling guys from all over and matching them up. They do that pretty typically. Like if they go to a city that's not super represented. Yeah, they Bellator do. Bellator does. Yeah, does. So you'll you'll notice the whole undercard is a couple of guys from the hometown and then a couple of guys from that they ship in. Maybe their their uh, their prospects that they're prospecting or whatnot. Now, do they when they do that? Do they pay well, or is it kind of? Uh, probably. I mean, I, I don't want to talk no smack, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I had to do my work. Okay, you still working? I still had to do my work. Yeah. Do you have a day job? I uh, I'm a personal trainer now. I have a uh, Coconut Bombs uh, Striking Club over at Cabrinos, okay. and then I also have my baby, which is my my business, uh, Deep End Fitness Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. So yeah. I have those two things going. Um, my wife works. She just started that new job. So, uh, yeah, we're just trying to get Deep End Fitness off the ground, get my striking club off the ground and keep that steady. I feel like once those two go steady, we'll be, we'll be in a really, uh, a, really, a really sweet spot where we can just chill and really focus on the future. Yeah. Talk about Deep End Fitness. How did you get into that? Uh, tell, well, tell the audience what it is first. Yeah, so Deep End Fitness is uh, it's this program that was developed by two, uh, two retired Marine Raiders. Uh, Don, uh, Don and Prime is their names. And they uh they came to Hawaii during the first Bellator Bellator show out in Hawaii, and I got to go to a free demo. And they were uh they were they were teaching breath work. They were teaching mental fortitude, like a mindset. Mm-hmm. This mindset, um, how you can click into almost like what I love to call like the flow state or the zero. Uh, I teach it the best. Um, the best way I can teach it to people is called the zero out method. So I utilize the free mindset. Okay. Um, so the free mindset goes off of focused relaxation, on-demand relaxation, economy of motion, and efficient breathing. Okay. And I tell all my athletes, uh, if you're able to check off all four of those boxes, you should be able to, no matter where you're at in, in a fight, in a chaotic situation, um, even if you're just trying to ease the mind um, from a little break off of things, you can go through those four questions and ask yourself, you should be able to go from a three to a two, two to a one, and a one to a zero zero being out being you're fully focused you're zeroed out you have all the unwanted focus off of your mind and you're just focused on the task at hand whether it be relaxing whether it be winning the fight whether it be uh getting through that chaotic situation 
Um, so that's what that was my biggest thing that I took was when they were teaching the mental fortitude. That's what stuck in my mind, and that that just I carried the, actually after that first session of meeting them back back in Hawaii, mm-hmm. I took that and I just carried it into my daily routine until like three four years later during uh I feel like it was post COVID sometime last year when I moved to Las Vegas they came they came to Las Vegas and I saw them posting that they're gonna hey guys we're doing a free demo in Las Vegas I'm like, perfect I live here now I can re- I can go back to my second demo and and see right. what it's all about. So I went to that second demo and they were saying that they wanted that now that COVID is done, they're going to open up the doors to, um, like to people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not really a franchisee. You right. just, you're, you're running it like your own, gotcha. your own um, business, you know? So, uh, they came and I took that opportunity and I, I was like, Oh, I, I want to be the guy. When you talk about Las Vegas, deep in fitness, Las Vegas, I want, I want to be the guy that everybody comes and sees. I want to help people that are, not mentally healthy uh, that guys that are that want to learn more about themselves and push themselves to that next level and break barriers mm-hmm. guy elite athletes uh entrepreneurs guys that are in the in in the first response yeah um military people guys that 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 have a post traumatic stress disorders i want to help those people think think clearer help them Help them be better, you know. Yeah. Myself, I took a, I, I took tremendous strides from utilizing their their methods of teaching and in, incorporating it into my own life, and I feel like that's where that's where I've been able to change the game from mm-hmm. when I was in the UFC to to where I'm at now. What? Um, give a personal example. So, what do you like? What do you mean by that? What? Um, like, what is one thing that you can say? Hey, before I did this, I was kind of like, and mm-hmm. I don't even know necessarily. Like, would you get like? Like, would you kind of panic in certain situations? Yeah, like, is there yeah. anything that you so look for, at before and after that you're like... Definitely. Different? For me, for me, you can watch all my, my UFC mm-hmm. fights. And when I'm in there, I may I may look like the best the best version of myself. But when I'm during the fight, when I'm fighting, there were, there there's moments where I'm not thinking what what's going on right in front of me. I'm thinking about what I'm going to do after the fight. What's, mm-hmm. what's going to happen after the fight? Uh, yeah. What are other people thinking in this arena? Mm-hmm. Um... Geez, I wonder what Dana White's thinking right now. You know, in in my head. Oh, gotcha. So that type of thing, that type of that type, that's the type of focus that's unwanted at in that particular situation. Right, right. right? right. Um, I should be fully focused on destroying this guy in front of me, dismantling this guy in front of me. Yeah. It should be fifteen to twenty five minutes of a hundred percent focus on whoever I'm I'm facing. Right. Yeah. And that's that's where I felt like. I was veering off for some reason, and I don't. It could have been the bright lights. It could have been the UFC. It's because I'm in the UFC, the biggest stage. I'm finally here, you know that type of thing. Um, but now, these last three fight, three four fights. Even though I la- I lost this last one, yeah. my focus is on another level, bro. It, it just uh, I'm able to zero out all the unwanted focus. Um, shoot, this last one I broke my hand in the first round, yeah. and I was able to put all that aside and like okay. Now my coach is my coach is one believing me that I can win this fight. Two, I I can put this I can put all this unwanted focus to the side, which I did through utilizing my breath work, checking the boxes. Okay, I'm breathing good. All right, I'm focused on my coaches. Okay, am I relaxed? I'm relaxed, and you can see me in the corner. I'm breathing. Yeah. And then the last but not least, economy of motion, my technique. I'm gonna be up to par because they're telling me exactly what to do. Hey, Maki, let I hear Eric. Hey, Maki, let's go in there, slip some punches, get in his hips, and we'll take him down. That's where you're winning the fight. Let's take him down. Let's take him there. Okay, bet. 
ding, 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 got to go back in. And that's all that's on my mind. I'm, my ears are on there. I can hear them. But in there, I'm, I'm fully focused on Daniel Compton. Slip some punches, get in there, take them down. And you see that over and over again in the fight. And that that type of Maki is is the is the evolved Maki from what you saw in the UFC. And I feel like it, if I were, if we could rewind and I found mm. deep end fitness while I was in the UFC, yeah. I feel like things would have been a lot different because I my mindset just clicks better. I'm able to dial in and get into that that flow state a lot better. Yeah. And I feel like that's even when you come to one of my sessions, that's the biggest thing I preach. I, I always speak from my own experiences, and that's where I. Uh, that's where I, I feel like I, I'm changing the game for people. I speak from my own experiences, and if they have questions that are similar, I'm able to help them. And even if it's not similar, I always try and find the answer to help them to to grow and to yeah. reach that next pedestal in their own lives. When you fight, do you... I don't want to say blackout, but there's a stage between being fully cognizant and being blacked yes, out. Yeah. And it happens a lot in like fights lot, or lot. like competition. But... It's usually like kind of the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. When does that go away for you? Some people listening probably have no idea what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking yeah, about. And yeah. it comes with experience too. Like, you know, you almost forget what happens. Like you just Yeah, but it but it goes away at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like I remember wrestling and then you know, not, neither of my fights have been long enough to really get out of that. Let's go. But um well the second one wasn't necessarily in my favor, but <laughs> I appreciate the love, dog. Let's go, bro. <laughs> hey, win, lose, or draw is at least as long as you give it your all. Yeah, right. Um, but when, like, because there's usually a moment, sometimes in the corner or something, but like, you just you go from reacting to almost thinking. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's not necessarily thinking, but you're you're cognizant of what's going on. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that comes with that comes with the the reps in in being under the lights and putting in the time in actual live competition. Yeah. Um. My first like four professional fights and my first like six amateur fights was all off pure adrenaline where I just like ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I'm I'm back there like barking and whatnot. Rah, rah, rah. I'm oh, I'm in a yeah. state of, of mind where I'm like I'm that's not normally me. Right. But with the adrenaline that was at the time in my amateur career, that was the only way I knew how to cope with it. Like, right. I'm just gonna turn on, I'm a, I'm a go, I'm a go, I'm like a raging bull. And that got me through a lot of fights, just beast molding and going in there. And yeah, I, I can hear people, but at the same time, it's just like, ah, it's like a rolling boulder of thunder just going. That's, I feel like that's one way to notice if it's there or not is when you can hear people. Yeah. Because like when you, like there was, you know, wrestling matches, even in my fights, there was moments where I went from like fuzzy, dude, yeah. I was calling your name. I was calling, like, <laughs> it's like, I didn't hear a word you said. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I hear what my coaches are saying. Yeah. And that definitely comes with the the experience of of going into going into battle and having yeah. that live tournaments and being under the bright lights. Now, when I go in there, I, I can I, from start to finish. I know I'm all there. I do have the adrenaline going through me. Yeah. But I'm I'm able to hear. I'm able to see. But it's all about now. It's all about funneling all that out and only hearing who I need to hear, only seeing who I need to see, right. and really being all being really being all there. You know. You get pretty nervous the day of the fight. No, the day before I get the, the is before? when I'm the nervous, the most nervous. You know when I get the most nervous? Signing the damn contract. Really? Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Actually, yeah, I do, I do get nervous there. Like signing it, look who's the name. Okay, then the next thing I do, I jump on my phone and I look, I, I look him up and I'm like, 
Holy that's the yeah. worst. Like, that guy's got big biceps. <laughs> you know, it's like always something stupid. There's human nature right there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like. I never. It never bothers me. Like I can go with Francis. Like I can go with anybody. But the second it's like, you know, I remember one time I got a migraine wrestling because I saw a guy. I was like. Dude, he's like really jacked and black. Like, I got like I got like a headache. I had to go throw up. Like, oh, jeez. I just no. like it, it was so bad. But like the second you see somebody, it makes it real. You're like, yeah. Oh, I get a. I wouldn't say my my uh, that type of feeling is not more out of fear, but it's more out of like excitement. Like, like I I look at them even if they're big. The the first thing going to my mind, like, dang, this dude is huge. Yeah. But he's going to fall harder. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but he's going to knock out harder. But he's going to hit the canvas harder. Yeah. And it, that in my head, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go to war. Yeah. I don't care who it is. I, I, I love I love, uh, I love, love competition. I love yeah. going in there and going mano y mano with another guy. But I, I do get the most nervous uh, the day before the fight. And I feel like it's more because weigh-ins. <laughs> my biggest thing is fighting the skill first and then yeah. going into the real fight. What's your weight cut like? Uh, these past... I wouldn't say this past. This past one was the best that I've I've uh, got down to, and all through throughout my UFC when I went back up to 185, those were all a breeze. Um, I used to fight at welterweight, and that that was a, a kick in the butt every time. Did you fight 70 this last fight? Or 80? No, 85. 85. 85. So 85 is easy to make for me. Yeah. I wouldn't say easy. It's still a it's still a, a hassle. What do you walk around at? I walk around at like 210. What do you step in the cage at when you fight 85? I step back in the cage about 97, 95. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I usually train at right there. Yeah. Um, But at 170, I would go back in the cage at, at the same weight. Oh, 195, really? 195. Yeah. So your natural weight stays the same. It's yeah. just you cut in 15. I, I cut it, yeah. Oh. And that, um, and honestly, going when I would fight at welterweight, I would try my best to diet, like diet down. And even yeah. even when I was on like the 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 vegetarian diet even when right. i was on the pescatarian best pescatarian diet dude i was still cutting from 190 199 sometimes a couple days before that week like when i'm water loading i would like successfully get to like 92 95 after the water water load, load and i'm right back up to 99 i'm like dang i'm panicking but then it would like the ones that i did make 170 it would just trickle off you okay. know and then there was times where just my body stopped sweating at at 76 yeah i'm like frick i can't do it anymore push another two, three pounds out, and then, like, uh, all right, that's really it because I'm about to die, you know? Yeah. Then my last my last cut to Walter Wade, I was I was going to fight um, over in UFC Australia or it was either Australia or New Zealand. I was going to fight in one of those, and uh, that's where I almost I, – I passed out for, like, an hour and a half. I woke up. I passed out in my hotel room. Thankfully, I had my brother and my um, my coach there. Passed out there going in for like I was 172. I had to be 171. So I went back in the tub. We we're all excited. Okay, let's go in. And that right there, that's the last thing I honestly remember. Like just laying down in the tub. And then next thing I know, I'm waking up inside of a, a medical bed. I'm looking around. I look at my brother. Is the fight done? They have to IV you? No. So they didn't. They like I when I came to, when I came to and like I was relaxed. They they were telling me like if we put IVs in you you can't go back you can't because they were saying that I could have still went in and weighed in. Was it, this was for UFC Australia you said? Yeah. Okay. It was either Australia or New Zealand. I okay. I want to say New was Zealand. It the Whitaker. Uh, no. So I made my like... debut on that one and okay. I I successfully made weight. I successfully fought that one. Um. Then the next one had to have been New Zealand. It was New Zealand. So um. 
yeah, so anyways, I'm in the I'm in the bed and they're telling me like if you do IV, if you do IV, you're gonna be cut from the card. Um, you still got time to make it down there because you look like you're okay now. Um, it was the room. The room was way too hot. You already were doing a hot tub and then you're going back into a hot room, so your body was overheated. That's why you passed out. That's why you were unconscious for a little while. Um, I was like, dude, I, I have no, I can't even recall any of that, you know. And then my brother and my filling me in throughout that next half an hour. My final decision was to not do anything. They helped me out to the cab. We caught the cab back to the hotel. And we were like, we we finally get to the weigh-ins. And I'm about to go walk out there to do the official weigh-in. And they, because I was at 171 after all that spiel going on. Oh, geez. The, the um, UFC doctor comes out and he tells me, oh, we already cut you from the card. It's unhealthy for you to even do any of this. And in the back of my mind, like, I just really wanted to step on the scale to make the front half of my purse because I, I could have made something, you know. But it is what it is, you know. So you didn't even get paid? I didn't even get paid for that one. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. So they don't compensate you at all? No, no. They didn't do anything. Just they traveling just food, tra right? Yeah, traveling food. Um, went back home, rested for like a good two, three months before I finally started. Like took another took another camp, got back into another camp, got back into another fight. Did you go eighty five right after that? Yeah, that's when I went to eighty five. Uh, that's where I got my first UFC win. Um, that's where I felt like everything was going great. In and then in Hawaii, they because of COVID, they shut everything down. So I was I went from like slump low from almost dying to boom peak high, getting my win. Finally feeling like everything's back to normal and I'm about to get there. Yeah. And then COVID hits Hawaii and they're 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 being they're being really strict out there. Dude. Shutting down parks, shutting down the beaches to where you even you couldn't be at the beach unless you were doing physical exercise in the water or on the sand. So we would go I would go get my workouts at the beach and make sure they see me running on the sand, swimming in the water, which is great. How crazy. Yeah, and then calling my boys, like, once in a great while, everybody would be able to gather up. And when they did gather up was when I would do all my sparring. But when they didn't gather up and couldn't come to my gym, that's when I would just be, me and my brother, we'd just be putting in work, putting in work. Sometimes the boys would roll through, we'd get still getting work there, getting work there. But COVID, honestly, was scary times back home. Um, being in such a tight-knit community, families, um, everybody was scared for the elders because at yeah. the time they were, they were saying that, it's your elders. Look out for your elders. They're the ones that can get this. They're right. the ones that can catch the COVID. So all you youngins, yeah. make sure you're watching what you're doing. And then that kind of scared, uh, scared everybody. Um, yeah. Public scare and, and nobody really wanted to do anything. But dude, in my house, I just had, I, I told everybody, hey, this is going to be the healthiest you're ever going to be. They're saying sunlight. They're saying workout. So those are the two biggest things that we're going to be doing. And I we would open up our garage. we Anybody could come over, just yeah. get the workout, and I'd run hit workouts. And, uh, dude, I feel like that was the, 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 my family was the most in shape at that time. Really? <laughs> because everybody was getting in work, getting in work, getting, like, every day getting in work, bro. It was crazy. We'd dude. be in the sun, and it was like, man. Dude, Hawaii went crazy on their restrictions. Still, like, we're only now coming off of all of that. How is there still COVID restrictions? I don't understand that. Because it's, it's an island, and I don't want to see how corrupted our island is. <laughs> I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about. It. Bro, are you an election denier? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I don't even vote or anything. I don't mess around with any of that. Yeah, I'm in my own lane. I I love I love America for for who we are and whatnot. You know. Yeah. But uh, 
I just feel like the the day and time that we're in right now, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Honestly, bro, it doesn't even matter. A hundred of us could go put it in and look at the <laughs> shit they're doing out there now. They're they're pulling they're pulling ballots. They're yes. throwing ballots away. I, so that just lets me know, like, that's like a slap in the face to me. Like, yeah. even if you wanted me to do this and I did send this in and then I find it somewhere on the side of the fucking road, how do, how do you think that makes me feel, you know? I am... Well, when you have a state that splits the ballot, like, that's a little weird to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you have a you have a Trump candidate in Adam Laxalt, and then you have Lombardo. Mm-hmm. And... The Trump candidate loses, but Lombardo wins. Both Republicans, both pretty similar on policy, a little different um, in some of their stuff. But that's just weird. Like that is you're weird, telling huh? me people went and were like, "No, I want Joe Lombardo because I don't like Sisolak, or because I think Nevada needs a new governor, mm-hmm. but I don't want a new senator." It's that's, weird. Like, isn't that weird? That is weird. I and, is and weird. there's been a few states like that, like Georgia. Brian Kemp won pretty easily, but Herschel Walker lost. Herschel Walker, another Trump-endorsed candidate. You know, Carrie Lake was supposed to win in Arizona, and you know, and then there was some stuff with Maricopa County. I'm not gonna go out and say like, oh, the election was taken, but the weird, you know, you know, based on the evidence, I believe that there was some serious irregularities and shenanigans yeah, yeah. going on. The thing that affects me the most, and that I. I've been kind of airing out is not necessarily the evidence it's the response so like let's say you and I get in a fight right and you win on the judges scorecards but everybody's like and you're like dude I killed him like yeah, yeah. absolutely killed him wasn't even close but people are saying no Christian won Christian won and you're instead of being like hey like silencing those people you should just be able to be like, hey, go watch the video. Like, yeah, it's yeah. pretty clear. Yeah. Like, it's pretty clear who won. But with the election, everybody's saying this was the most secure election ever. And instead of saying, hey, go go look into it. Get your lawyers. Like, yeah, go, look yeah. in, go investigate the election. You can't do any of that. It's like, if you say anything, you're an election denier. You're putting out misinformation. And you get banned, like, canceled and banned. And you get your freaking... Cancel you know, culture. You get your Uber account taken away. That seems to me more damning than actual evidence yeah. is somebody's response. You know, it's like when, um, you know, when they say, like when, when they get a few guys on like a crime or something and they, the investigators come in, they're like, dude, we already got your buddy. Yeah. Like, and they just start singing like a canary or like the first person to give an alibi they say is like the one that's guilty. Yeah. Like, oh, I was doing this. Like, we didn't even ask you any questions, bro. <laughs> so and that's just like, that's the weirdest thing to me is like how they, I don't know, but yeah, I definitely feel um, if it came out in like 10, 15 years or even like a few years that they took that away. Yeah. I mean, those people should be put in jail for life. Yeah, Anybody that had anything to do with it, even if they were just. I have I 100% agree with you on that, bro. Good. Why you why you why you messing with the Americans for anyways? We, we sh- we're built on everybody else's ancestors, blood, blood and sweat and tears, bro. And we're all we're they're out here making. It's a shame. I saw one video where there's an old school uh, um, veteran, and he's talking, he's talking and crying, like really old, maybe like in his eight, late eighties, early nineties, mm-hmm. crying and and bawling out about how ashamed he is to be an American today than how he was back in the day. That's so sad. Which and that just like opened my eyes, like, dang, bro, the the generation we have, this, this these 
times and days are it's a it's a shit show compared to what it was back in the day. Are you keeping up with this Brittany Griner thing? I am not. Okay. We, yeah. All right. Well, I just, I, I but I did just see that she got traded for some some person. Like arms dealer, bro. An arms dealer? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know the whole story. Apparently, I, I don't know the whole story. I was hoping you did, and then we could just pretend like we both knew. <laughs> but apparently, you don't know anything either. We could lie. Uh, we that that'll probably drive the oh, traffic. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Just like, hey, you dumb son. Uh, like that's not what happened. Um, no, I have. Well, if if you want to put your mind at ease, Brittany Griner, come come and check me out at Deep in Fitness. Yeah, right. <laughs> Need some help. You can smoke weed in the pool. <laughs> oh dang. Oh, jeez. Not in Russia. <laughs> not in Russia. Oh my gosh. No. What about uh, what about the James Krause situation, the betting deal? You kept up with that a little bit. I, I I did read I did read a couple of uh a couple of uh, statements. What do you think about that? It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. I, do I believe if he did it or if he didn't? I, I'm, I'm not a guy to say. So what's know? the what's the allegation? Because he told Ariel Hawani, I make more money on betting on fights. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where people were like started looking into him. Like, yeah, yeah. Is that what happened? Or do you I know? Mean, he has a stable of fighters, bro. And yeah, that's not like if Eric came out and said, "Dude, I bet on every single fight in every card," we'd be like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> You have fighters like, yeah, every yeah. fight. Like, what, are you betting for your fighters to win every time? Yeah, that James Cross situation, bro. It's the the one. And now, now I sorry, bro. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go, no, no, go ahead. I just was the last thing I read on him was that they, um, the Campbell guy came out and said if you're affiliated with the gym, yes, you're gonna be kicked yes. out of the UFC. How crazy if you're, is that? You, he can't even come to the fights. He I, I like when I read that, I, I showed it to him. I was like, "Dang, this, this just got serious." If if that happened to one of your coaches, how would you respond? Would you if if like Eric? Who do you work with most? You work with Eric yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. If that happened with Eric, how do you think you would? Would you you think? I mean, because you can only say like, yeah, you know, how you think you would react. Mm -hmm. I would have a serious talk with him, see where he lies. Yeah, but best believe I'm out of the UFC. There you go. That's where I would be too. I would not, I wouldn't, because, like, they can't do that. That's not okay. Yeah, that's like, not okay. You associate that's, with this guy. That's other people's, that's the way other people eat, you know? And just yeah. to be 100, bro, that, that, that's a, that's a crazy freaking move, because they, they know, guilty. they know that he has, he has a, a big stable of fighters yeah. going to the UFC, so why, why are they gonna shut, shut him down, I mean, shut his gym down and other people that gotta eat, yeah. just because of that incident? I think, I think the guy's... I would personally probably go take a picture with my coach and go, I just got done training. Yeah, Hashtag yeah. UFC. Like, I just, because one, it's not going to stand. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. like, they're not going to be out of the UFC. Because what if it finds out, he, what if they find out he's innocent? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, you made this huge, you're literally, like, Campbell literally is doing exactly what they went against the entire time during COVID. Like, if you train, like, your gym's going to be yeah, you know, yeah. taken out. Like, if you... Like the UFC was like, no, we're gonna go to states that are gonna be easy. Like that's the same thing. It's the same thing. It is. It is, bro. I didn't even think of it that way. That's crazy. That was what was. That was the weirdest thing to me. Was like, okay, what about Cain Velasquez? Like he's on trial for attempted murder. Like yeah. are are people gonna? That's way worse than sports betting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying what Cain did is worse because I think the guy like, I'm upset that Cain missed him. Like I'm upset that he hit the guy's dad. Yeah. You know that yeah. guy's a pedophile. Like. I wish he was in a wheelchair. Like he's just like, that's just disgusting. Yeah, it is. The it fact is that California is 
Yeah. I would be in the same shoes Cain Velasquez would be in because in that situation. Oh, can you imagine? And I, and that's speaking for me at having kids as well. I would I would destroy and walk through any any army if yep. there if if somebody ever did harm that even harm my kids like that. Oh, dude. You know, and that's oh. that's something that I I just get I can't even fathom what what Cain Velasquez was thinking about or how he even I don't even want to you know. That that type of situation, I, I I pray never arrives at my doorstep. But believe believe me, bro, I walk through anybody. I walk through anybody, and I make sure I'm never gonna miss. You know. That's that, crazy. That's that's. Yeah. It's sickening. It's sickening because it's. It's sickening because it's California. Any other state, you know. There, I mean, there's a few like New York. I don't know how Hawaii would. I mean, Hawaii they probably just like the cops would be like, get out of here. <laughs> you think or no? OG cops would probably yeah, yeah. if it's OG guy too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What he did? He did what? What did? Yeah, yeah, you good? You good? You good? Bro, you good. <laughs> here, take mine. But like California, you know, they're just going so far with some of the laws they're placing, yeah. and they're being very like lenient on pedophilia. And it's like, what? This is not like sickos. It's disgusting. And my my hope is that I'm praying that Cain Velasquez gets a jury trial and they get, like, 12 people that have some comments, that have kids. Because yeah. he's he's out right now, yeah? Yeah, he made bail. So I don't know who bailed him out. I don't know if he had the I money. heard it was Dana White. I, I would I would imagine. Some, some, probably he some. He was a million dollar bail. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if they have a million in cash. He probably, he probably plays, a, plays a million on the on the black deck table. He's like, what? Oh, yeah, here, here go. Yeah, go get my go get go get my guy out. Go get my guy out. No, I'm sure they did help um, because a million dollars is a lot, of, and he was in jail for a little bit. Yeah. So I'm sure Dana did, but he probably, you know, was like, "Hey, don't disclose yeah. where this money came from." Yeah, that's a weird look at, one. Man. Yeah, look at the um, the public is speaking too on his behalf. You know, nobody on Kane Velasquez on on Kane's behalf. There, the public is speaking already for him. Yeah. My question is like, how did they? Well, how is the guy that he shot even like even out? Mm-hmm. That that just goes to show how loose they are in, yeah, yeah. in California. Like they have a a twisted like demonic agenda. It's just they do, they do, bro. Do you see the thing? This is, I shouldn't be laughing about this. Did you see the thing with the the? I think it was the prisoner that got that. It was a male that identified as female got put in the women's prison. I think it was the situation where he got the girl pregnant and then got let out and now is identifying as a man again. That's freaking crazy. I don't know if it was the it, maybe they maybe he just raped some girls while he was in prison. That's freaking But that's happened but in California prison. So a guy was identifying as a female, got in the female prison. I know some stuff happened while he was in the female prison and then I don't remember if it was the one that led to pregnancy. There's been a few of those actually. Bro, that's crazy. And then now that he's out the day of, oh, I'm a, I'm a guy again. <laughs> Surprise. You look like a man. You smell like a man. Get in the man jail. <laughs> what happened to that old school love, bro? This freaking California. What are you doing, bro? That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, you're, you're telling me stuff. Now it's clicking in my head. Like, California is crazy right now. I know. I When I go and visit my family and stuff, I just imagine I'm like, this is just another country. They just have different laws, different mm-hmm. rules, and we just talk about it when we go back to our country. Like this is a weird place. Yeah, you know, yeah. like this is not a normal. Well, a lot you got to think of. 
California, there's a lot of history in California as well. And there's a lot of, there, there must be a lot of shit going on in California, you know? California's a weird place, man, because, you know, you have like the Jesus movement alongside the hippie movement. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have the Billy Graham crusades, I believe were like mostly in California, like the Modesto Manifesto, mm-hmm. where, I don't know if you know what that is, but. Uh, I've heard of it. So basically the Modesto Manifesto is um, Billy Graham and all the men that were with him made an agreement that they would never be alone with a female. Mm-hmm. So they were all married. Unless they were, it was our wife or something. Yeah. Um, so they were all married and they were like, hey, listen, as a way to keep ourselves accountable, we're never going to be alone with another female. And my buddy actually um, in college actually gave me some of that advice. He was like, hey, I was like, what is one thing you do to like make sure that your wife trusts you? He's like, I'm never alone with a female. Like I had a girl ask me for a ride the other day and I was like, I I can't like, Mm -hmm. I'll call you an Uber, but I cannot give you a ride. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah, that is weird. Like it's just, it's such a polarizing, like California's a weird place. It is, bro. So what happened in your last fight? You broke your hand. I broke my hand in the, like the first, first minute, 45 seconds to a minute into the fight. Yeah. Um, you can rewatch. I give tons of insight on my IG channel. I just uh, on my IG um, page, I I did a recap of the whole fight because I was getting tons of questions when I broke it, how I broke it. Mm-hmm. So I went. I get. I did a whole recap breakdown of the fight, what I was thinking, and that was like my third or fourth time watching the fight. Okay. Um, but yeah, I broke my hand in the first round, and I just continued to put all my put all my uh, my trust in my corner. Um, I talked about zeroing out. I zeroed out all the unwanted focus. I made sure I was 100% all there, and I just took it in stride. Uh, took every moment as it came to me. I was focused on my guy. I was focused on hearing my cornerman, and just wanted to dominate. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I did what I could with what I had at the moment. Yeah. And uh, I ended up losing in the third round. Uh, like a minute, minute, two minutes into the third round by Kimura. He grabbed the broken, this left-hand side, and he went. And when he grabbed this hand and he started putting pressure, that's where I felt this oh. unbearable pain. I tried to do the, the straighten the arm out first to try and yeah. break the Kimura grip. That didn't work. And then I tried to jump forward. Like I tried to lean forward and roll out. And that just made it even more sore. And by that time, he was already curling it around my backside. So I... I tried to like straighten it one more time, but by that time I was already yelling tap, tap, tap because the pain was just yeah. crazy, bro. Were you winning on the cards? I was winning on the cards. I, I was winning from the moment we, we touched gloves. So you were winning all three rounds? All three cards. rounds. All oh, three geez. rounds. He only he only had like, I would say like 30 seconds altogether of of him winning. Yeah. 30 seconds. And it was the and last. last and the last 10 seconds was probably him slapping the Kimura on. Um, there was another 10 seconds where he tried to get a guillotine in. Another ten seconds where he tried to get a rear naked choke in. That that's uh, that's about it. Are you gonna try fighting again? Uh, if it if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to fight that type of fight again for that that amount of money that I made. Yeah. So, if I do do it again, um, I will get with with the proper people to make sure I get my worth. Right. Yeah. Because after after that fight and what happened, I mean, I'm not saying I'll get injured every time. This was the first time this type of injury happened, and just didn't cover it. and it just yeah, it just wasn't it, it wasn't sitting right with me. Paid your doctor's up full, that's bad. for real. Yeah. I, thankfully, they have insurance, so I, everything yeah. I have to do, I have to follow the follow each rule, make sure I, I'm I'm doing everything according to the plan. That way, I don't have to pay anything. Right. But still, the time and the effort, and then going through this injury when I could have 
smoke them and go right into rolled right into a, a, a proper organization you know so um these next couple months where i'm sitting back and recovering and recouping i'm focusing on my businesses but when the opportunity arrives for me to get back into another camp i really want to focus on uh getting my worth and getting the right opponent so that i can really make make something you know gotcha what do you want what do you think you want to end up next you looking uh i heard one fc is coming to one fc is coming to america i just saw it's demetrius johnson rematching for the third time against that brazilian dude hasn't he beat that guy twice he or lost he, one, won, one, won the last one. So okay, he's the right. champ now. Okay, so um, I wouldn't mind getting back, getting on on that card, seeing what one FC is about. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind getting on PFL if they open up an eighty-five division. Oh, that's right. Um, they or if they, you know, and to be honest, for all the viewers listening as well, I'm gonna be done with this sport when I'm thirty-five. I'm thirty-two right now. Mm-hmm. When once I turn thirty-five, no matter where I'm at. I'm gonna end the. I'm gonna end at the top of my own mountain, not not at the top of anybody else's mountain. Right. So right now, thirty six, thirty six months, with the injury, take away two or three months, thirty three months. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig my heels in as deep as I can and really push this weight forward and go, roll this roll roll this snowball up up a mountain that I I know I'll I'll end that, with with uh. With my own glory and my and my yeah. own happiness, you know, and uh, I do want to end it in, in in some type of top organization. Right. I want to end up in top some top organization, and I just wanna, I just wanna go out there and give the people what I love to give. I love giving. Yeah. I love giving action packed fights where you're at the edge of your seat the whole time. Uh, everybody knows when you hear coconut bombs on a on a card. I come to fight, bro. I don't. Yeah. I don't come for anything else. I come to. It's a barn burner. You you you. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you fight. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, Knowing that and knowing what I bring and who I bring, the people I bring and the people the my island, I, I, I put my I put Hawaii on my back anytime I go into a fight. Yeah. I represent my, my last name, my family. Um I go in there like it's it's my last time inside of a ring every time. So I, I go out there and I fight my ass off and uh thirty three months I wanna I wanna ignite and burn a flame that'll just burn so bright that it'll burn everything and that it touches. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> All right, one last thing. What was the melee about? At the was there a brawl at the end of your fight? What happened? Yeah, he. I, uh, I feel like the crowd got under his skin. I could see it getting under his skin from the moment he was jumping around in the cage. Okay. My people were my people. Was my people. Yeah. They're they're with me. Was you it know? your family members? Was it? It was it was Team Coconut Bombs yeah. in the house. <laughs> Everybody in the tough enough house, my brother. <laughs> they were under his skin from the moment he walked out, and I feel like he didn't like it. And then him getting his butt beat the whole time and finally getting lucky with Akimura, he he felt like he had to make a statement, so he ran out there, flexed on them, and came running back in. Um, I really thought my guys rolled him up because when he ran out there and he did whatever he did, I saw everybody look up, and then I the, the doctor came in front and he was cutting my glove already open. So they were talking to me while that whole thing was going down. You just like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, after that, it, I just kind of was all with the with the doctors then, listening to them, going through the steps they were telling me. And then I got up. They finally let me up. I walked around thinking that I would see him outside. And then I noticed that he was inside the ring. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, what, that's what that whole situation was about. He just felt like he needed to have his victory in front yeah. of my, my people's face. Take more. Take more. Take whatever he, he thought he was taking. In his defense, were, were your people talking some mad shit? I don't know. Oh, you're like, know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe before I would be able to hear what they're saying, but 
when I'm in there, I, I'm. You wouldn't put it like I said, bro. I'm, I've been working a, a lot of. If I'm here, I want to be all here. Right. I don't want to be fifty percent here and ten yeah. percent there, ten percent over there. Right. If I'm here, I want to be all here. Right now, I want to be all here. You know. Yeah. Wouldn't affected you if it was to come the other way. It would have yeah. never affected me if yeah. if that was all his crowd. It would have never affected me. Wouldn't even know they're talking about. No, no, I w- it's all, it's all. And at the end of the day, my 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 dad taught me something great. He goes, "People are gonna talk bubbles, and bubbles pop. <laughs> so they they it it should never be something that stick sticks to you and hurts your feelings. Right. Which is I, and he taught me that from when I was young. So when yeah. he taught when he told me that, that's where I, that's where I feel like. People think I have the thickest skin, but it's yeah. you don't have anything you can tell me that I haven't heard already. Right. You know, you're telling me something, but you're just trying to knock me off my knock me off my high horse or knock me off wherever I'm my pedestal that I'm on. You're not gonna do that. Yeah. You're not gonna do that. You can't there's nothing you can tell me. You know? Awesome. Well Maki Patola, you got any final remarks, bro? Anything you wanna leave with the people? Thank you for having me on, Christian. It's been a blast. Yeah. I'm so happy we finally got to do this little know, right? sit down and chit chat, brother. Coffee oh, was great. How's your aunt? Is she okay? My aunt, she passed away. She did pass away. Cancer, cancer ended up. I'm sorry, man. Ended up taking her, but she fought a good fight. Her family's in the the, the family's in good hands. She's left them in great hands. Okay. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, prayers, prayers go out to you, brother. Thank you, I was, brother. I was praying for your whole situation. I appreciate I you. Your hand, I appreciate you, brother. I didn't know. What yeah. Going on, but. Um. Yeah. So she passed away, but I know she's with a she. She's with her. She's with our father now. She's with a. She's looking over her family. Yeah. Just. She's a. She's a great woman. She was. She was a real loving woman. From the moment we met her when we moved here, she she took us under her wing. She treated us like she treated us like her own. And I, I I loved her for that. And she uh, she actually was one of my first clients for my striking club. She came in. She got in tremendous shape. She she's always wearing her heart on her sleeve, selfless, always loving, caring, mm-hmm. caring about those around her. You know. So I, I I just I really feel for for her son, her her daughter, the husband. Um, I love them. And anything they that they need, we told them that. We'll be here for them, and whatever they need, we can we can always help and do our best to help them. Um, so was this uh, your mom's sister? Dad's no, so this is this is we call her our, our Vegas mom. Okay, we met her when she's okay. from Hawaii, from okay. Kanye, Hawaii. Um, when we moved when we moved here is when we met her, and we we came real tight from there. Okay. Our relationship grew from there, and then not knowing she even had the cancer, then she knew she had the cancer, but we didn't until she was able to get really treated and and screened. That she was confirmed that she had it was when she shared the news with us. What was her name? Leilani. Leilani. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Prayers go out to you, your family, and all your friends. I appreciate it. Brother. Sounds like Leilani was a yeah. An she's in a woman. she's an amazing woman. She's in a better place now, yep. looking over us. Awesome. Yeah. Maki, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Much mahalo, mahalos, my brother. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Thank you for the T-shirt too. Yeah, you yeah, got, I you like got. It. I'm gonna wear it probably tomorrow. Let's go, brother. Wear the church. Yeah.